This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We'll be looking at a letter written by the Apostle Paul to um, his mentee, the guy he was mentoring, Timothy. It's kind of an instruction manual on how to be a leader according to God's grace. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us around your word. We pray that you would speak to us through your word and that we would leave here stronger Christians than the ones who came I pray, Lord God, that nothing that I do or say would get in the way of what your spirit is doing, even in this moment. In your name we pray, amen. According to various sources, 75% of today's teens want to be YouTubers. I remember the first time I heard that statistic, I was kind of taken back and I thought, you know, really? I mean, this is what you want to do for your career? You want to take videos of yourself and this is the contribution you want to make to the world? This is what, what you want to make as your career? It seems kind of maybe something that's not that helpful, maybe selfish, maybe self-centered. Why would you want to be a YouTuber as a career? My response is pretty typical. The older generation doesn't always seem to understand the younger generation. My, my grandparents didn't understand my parents, and, and my parents didn't understand me, and I don't understand my kids, so it's pretty typical for me to be skeptical about the desires of today's teens. But the more I thought about it, the more I began to think on, on how many of our young people have been positively influenced by people online? They've watched a video that's helped them understand something, taught them a new skill, uh, made them laugh, something they've watched with their friends. It's had an influence on them. And so I can see why maybe they want to do that to influence others. Because the reality is we all want to be a positive influence on other people. 
Whether we're a parent, we want to positively influence our children or, or a teacher, influence our students or a, a boss, influence our, our employees or a worker, our coworkers or our clients. We all want to do something that has an impact, something that influences other people. In fact, this is a godly desire. It was the Apostle Paul who said this when he was writing to the Corinthians, our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel and lands beyond you. The Apostle Paul was praying that the Corinthians would grow in faith and so that their influence would grow. Paul had this dream not just to reach only the Corinthians and the area of kind of modern day Greece, but also um, to Rome. And he wanted to go beyond Rome to Spain. He wanted to have a great influence on the world because he knew that the more he could influence people, the more he could share the message of God's love in Christ Jesus. It was not about necessarily Paul making a name for himself, but he wanted to do something that had an impact on the kingdom of God. He wanted to influence the world for Christ. The problem is, I don't think we know how to actually do that. We want to have an influence on others, but sometimes I think we actually don't actually understand what, what leads to positive influence. We think that maybe I have to be someone impressive. Maybe I have to tell people how impressive I am. Maybe I have to do something shocking or, or, or important or, or show people all the great success that I've had. And if I could do all those things, then I could start to have an influence on other people. But I don't think that's it. Today we're continuing the sermon series, Influencers. It's about how we can have a positive influence on the world We want to share the message, not about ourselves, not making making a name for ourselves, but we want to live rich, meaningful lives that have positive influence on other people. And so here's the question I want to answer. How can we have a greater influence on others? How can we make a a, a more positive impact on, on other people? And answer that question, we're going to go to one of the most influential people in history. Jesus was the most influential people person in history. We, we divide our calendar by him, uh, you know, 2,023 years approximately since his birth. You know, he's the most influential person who ever lived, but there's somebody else who also had an incredible impact and influence on how we understand Jesus, how we understand his grace, how we understand forgiveness, how we understand eternal life, and that's the apostle Paul. He changed the world. Now, what's so remarkable about the Apostle Paul is he only wrote about 36,000 words, 13 letters that they're called or epistles in the New Testament. And 36,000 words is not that much. I mean, I can hold most of his writings, you know, just kind of thin a few sheets of paper in my Bible compared to the 900,000 words in the Bible itself. And so the question is, how did a man who, who wrote, well, he probably just dictated and someone else actually wrote these down, only wrote a few thousand words in the corner of the Bible, in the corner of, of the world, 2,000 years ago, how could he have such a crazy influence on the world and, and really change the Christian church and change the world? 
What made him so influential? Let's dive into his letter that he wrote to Timothy. And this is kind of an instruction manual for pastors or church leaders or really people who want to have an influence on others. And he gives a master class as he writes to Timothy. He begins by saying this, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Paul says, I can't believe it. I can't believe that my work and my job is to go around serving other people and telling people about the grace of God. I'm so thankful that this is what I get to do. I'm so thankful that this is what I spent all my time thinking about and doing and sharing. I can't believe it. And the reason he's so thankful, the reason he's so um, grateful that this is what his job is, is because he says, I'm the last person in the world you'd expect to be doing this. He goes on to say, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Now, in this one sentence, the Apostle Paul is kind of telling his testimony. And he only needs to say one sentence because Timothy would have been very familiar. And really, anyone who had any time with the Apostle Paul would have been familiar with this story because Paul told this story over and over and over again. When you just open up the book of Acts, it's almost like every time he preached a sermon, he told this story about his life. And the story goes something like this. He told the story, he said, that, that I grew up in a very kind of religious zealot kind of house. I was really, it was kind of a religious extremist, really, he would say. I, I was really zealous for my faith. I, I was part of this group called the Pharisees. And I was fully convinced in my mind that Christians were wrong. In fact, I thought Christians were, were the problem in society. They were, they were changing my Jewish faith. They were distorting it and they needed to be stopped. And he said, I felt like I had a mission from God to get rid of Christians. And that's what he did. We read about it in the book of Acts that, that he went around gathering up Christians and he put them in jail. Even worse than that, he stood there and supported those who killed Christians. He thought they were doing a service to God by getting rid of Christianity. And he's very honest about that. He's very vulnerable about that. He told that story over and over again. Wherever he went, he told this story about who he once was. But then he goes on to explain in the next verse, he says, but the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. He experienced God's grace. That what happened was, and we hear about this in Acts chapter 9, what, what happened was is he was on his way to a place called Damascus, and, and he had these letters that, that he was going to go find some more Christians and put some more Christians in jail and round up some more Christians to carry out what he thought was his mission to get rid of Christianity, this problem religion. But on his way, he met Jesus Christ. He had a vision of the, the risen Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting, not a religion, not just an idea, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus, the one you are actually persecuting. 
That moment he, he, ha- he went through some kind of blindness, physical blindness, I think almost like a symbolic idea of what was the blindness he was experiencing in his heart. Later on, he found a man named Ananias, who was also a Christian. Ananias preached to him the good news of who Jesus was. He believed it. He was baptized, and he could see again, not just physically, but also spiritually. He saw the reality of the world. He saw the reality of how the world actually is and who Jesus is and what this all means, what this whole story is all about. And he became an on-fire follower of Jesus. Now, everywhere he went, he told this story. Why? Because this is how he wanted to influence people. And so he explains to Timothy why he told this. He says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. He says, I tell this story because I want this to serve you. I want everyone to accept this message. I want everyone to believe this message that that the the reason Jesus came was not just to be a good teacher. He was that, but more than that. The reason Jesus came was not just to start a movement with disciples and followers. He he was that, but he was more than that. Uh, The reason Jesus came was not just to teach us what the law of Moses actually meant. He did that, but much more than that. The reason Jesus came, if you could put a pinpoint on it to to really nail it down, he said the reason he came was to save sinners. And Paul said, I'm the worst one. So Paul said, if you look at your life and you think that you've done too much, that you've let your family down, you let this world down, that you, you think you are the worst of the worst, if you think that's you, Paul says, no, I'm the worst. I already already got that spot. I'm the chief of all sinners. I've done worse things than you could imagine. I'm the last. And I want to tell you that because, he says, for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul said, The reason God used me was an example. And it wasn't an example of how successful I am or how smart I am or how all all the things that I did. I was used as an example, not for, you know, this is what everybody should be doing, but I was used as an example of what God could do to sin for sinners, what God could do with people who are weak, what God could do with people of wounds. I was an example of how big God's grace is, how, how big his love is, how, how great God is, God used me as an example of his immense patience. And it was that message that changed the world. That's what made Paul so influential. What made Paul so influential was not his success, but his ability to be appropriately vulnerable, to tell his real testimony. And so I think this kind of helps us understand how we can be influential as well. Number one, be careful about sharing your victories. Be thankful for your victories. Be thankful for the things that God has done in your life. But be careful about sharing all the things that are going so well, all these victories in your life. See, the Apostle Paul, he didn't spend a great time doing that. There's lots of things that he could have bragged about, but when you read his letters, 
He almost never talks about all the things that he's accomplished. The only times he sometimes brings up his accomplishments as a way of validating that he was really apostle, he really saw Jesus, this really happened. But the only reason we know that he had three missionary journeys, that he started churches all over the world, that he wrote all these letters, that he did all these incredible things was because other people wrote about him, like Luke writing about him in Acts or or like Eusebius writing about him in the history of the Christian church. That's why we know all the success about Paul He didn't really share his success. And I think that's something we can learn about. If we really want to influence others, nobody really wants to hear how well you're crushing it. (laughs) Nobody really wants to know all your accomplishments and all the things that you've done. I mean, those aren't really relatable. I can't relate with Tom Brady. I just can't. I'm not going to relate with him, right? But tell me about the things that you struggled with. Tell me that the things have been hard. Tell me the things that you've had to overcome with God's help. And now I'm listening. Now I want to know. Be thankful about your success. Work hard. Do some wonderful things with your life. Try hard. Serve people. Do some great things. Have big goals. All those wonderful things. Be influential. But when that happens, be thankful for all the opportunities that God has given you, the, the, the abilities, the gifts that he's given you, the, the, the things that come easy to you, that don't come easy to other people. Uh, those are gifts from God. And so thank God instead of sharing those. Be careful about what you put out there, what you put out on social media, what you put out to the world. Um, all of your success, all of the things that you've done so well doesn't necessarily create more influence. But number two, be willing to share your scars. That's what the Apostle Paul did. Over and over again, when you read his letters, when you hear him preach in the book of Acts, he was willing to tell you about the things that were hard. Not just about his past, that he was, that he was once a persecutor or a blasphemer and a violent man. That was true, but also about the things that he re- uh, suffered with and st- struggled with even after becoming a Christian. He talked about some, we don't even know what it was, some thorn in the flesh, you know, maybe some physical ailment. We don't really know. And he cried out to God, God, take this pain away from me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. That he was willing to share that he continued to struggle with something, some kind of ailment, some thorn in the flesh, so that he could continue to trust and hold on to God. God's grace was sufficient. He talked about the things he continued to struggle with in Romans chapter 7. He said, you know what? The things I want to do, even as a Christian, I don't always do. And things that I don't want to do, that's what I keep on doing. I have my, my Christian walk, Paul said, is, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. And he was honest about that. He was willing to share his scars. And that drew in the world. It changed people's life, like the reformer Martin Luther. It changed my life. I think about when I was a, a young child, if I could share one of my scars. I, I think about when I was a young child. And I remember, I don't know why, just kind of this thought that, you know what? I was just guilty. I've already done too many things. I've already messed up my life and I'm only eight years old. You know, I've already, I've already gone too far. I've already, I've, I've already, you know, I just, I'm not that good of a kid. I just, I'm not pulling it off. And so I'm sure I'm going to face judgment. I'm sure God's done with me. I'm, I'm sure I have nothing to offer this world. And I remember one time, 
being at church and we had a guest preacher that day and I remember sitting up in the balcony and he said, God loves you and he forgives you and that's why Jesus came and you don't need to be afraid to die. You don't need to be afraid of anything because you are a forgiven, loved child and for whatever reason on that day, it hit me and it felt like the, the chains were loose. It felt like I had a purpose in my life. It felt like that I had hope for my future. And I don't know if I was like 10, 10, 12 years old, whatever it was. And it changed me. And I think that can be a powerful message when you've experienced something like that, when you've experienced God's grace and that he's healed your wounds, he's turned them into scars and you can share those scars with other people. But that leads to the third point. Share your scars, but not your open wounds. You notice when the Apostle Paul talks about sharing the things that he's gone through, he usually talks about them in the past tense. He talks about what God has done for him and how he's healed him and what he's learned from it and what he wants you to learn from it. And that's led to great influence. He's had time to process it and think about it and pray about it and get help about it and clarity on it. And then he's willing to preach about it and talk about it and share it and, and tell other people. He shared his scars, but not his open wounds. You know, I could, I could share, I got scars on my hand that one time I cut myself there and, and, and one time I fell at football there and I could share with you my scars that I have. But as it often happens, if I would cut myself cutting peppers, you know what I usually do when I'm trying to cook, um, and I have a cut on my hand, if I would come up to you and say, you know, try to share with you that cut on my hand. I'm not sharing with you that, that cut on my hand because I want to teach you about what I've learned from this. I'm probably sharing you that cut on my hand because, you know, I might need some help. I need a bandage. Maybe we need to go to the hospital. Maybe I need stitches. If I'm sharing with you an open wound, that's not a wound that's going to be able to influence and help other people. I am asking for help. And so be careful who you share your open wounds with. We need healing but that's not something that, that you want the whole world to help you on because some people are not going to be willing to help and it's not going to turn out well and that's really not going to help the rest of the world. But, but if you have an open wound that maybe you have some guilt or some shame or some abuse or some things in your past and it's still open, share them with trusted people. A good counselor, your pastor, your community of believers. Get the healing that you need to get so that wound can be healed. Talk to trusted people in your life that, that can help walk with you and help you process the things that you've gone through, the things that you've done or other people have done. Uh, be willing to share your scars, but be careful about sharing your wounds with the world. You might not be ready for that yet. And so I think everything we've learned here with the Apostle Paul helps us answer our opening question how can we have a greater influence on others? You want to have a greater impact? You want, to, you want to help other people like we all deep down want to do, no matter what your age? Number one, avoid bragging about your success. Share your scars, but not your wounds. That's what made the Apostle Paul so influential. He was willing to, to not just talk about all the things that are going great, all the areas he's crushing. He was willing to tell people about what he had done and what God had done for him to get through that pain 
to get over that guilt, get over that shame. He was willing to share his scars. But the Apostle Paul was not the only one who shared his scars and had a huge impact on the world. Our Savior Jesus Christ, who hung up on that tree, had open wounds on his hands and on his feet, on his side that led to his death. And he was buried. And he rose again as a glorious God. He rose with a glorified body. And he could have chosen really any glorified body to have, but he decided that when he rose, that he was going to hold on to something, his scars. They were healed, but they were still there. And when he showed himself to his disciples, they didn't believe it was him. They, they, for whatever reason, they couldn't even recognize him until they saw his scars. And he showed them his scars because his scars told a story of salvation. He shared his scars because his scars told a story of the Savior, of our forgiveness, of God's love for us, of how far God was willing to go for us. Now, what if we all did this? What if we took an honest assessment of our lives and we were honest about the, the wounds that were still open in our lives, the things that we haven't dealt with? And what if we went to our pastors or our Christian leaders or, or a counselor or, or a trusted friends or family and got the help that we needed to heal up those wounds? And what if as we were healed, we were, we were willing to, to now be honest with the world about all the ways that God and God's grace and God's people have helped us overcome, help us walk through some of these challenging things that we've experienced in our lives? What if we, we, we made much, not about our success, not all the areas that we're crushing, all the things that we've done right, but all the things that God has, been, has done for us in Christ Jesus? I think we could have a huge impact on the world with God's help. And that's what we all want. Whether you're a young person wanting to be a YouTuber or any age or any demographic, we all want to have a positive influence on the world. We all want to have an impact. But as we've seen, it's not going to come through our success. It's going to come by being honest. It's going to, be, it's going to come by, by being honest about the one thing that we all have in common. We all maybe aren't successful in the same way, but the one area we all have in common, we all have scars. So be willing to share your scars because they tell of a story, a story about our Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would heal the wounds in this room. Lord God, I pray that you would be the great physician, that you would give counselors and, and leaders and friends to all those who are still struggling with an open wound, that you, by your grace, would heal that wound. And then, Lord God, that you would lead us to appropriately, be appropriately vulnerable, to, to follow Paul's example, to make much of your healing power, much of your grace, so that other people, more people, would know about the love of God in Christ Jesus. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, 
more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.